You're listening to the Bear Down Chicago Podcast with Logan Bradley, Ryan Dangle, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagru, and Jack Wright. The Bear Down Chicago Podcast. Yeah, we're that Bears podcast. All right, folks, welcome into another edition of the Bear Down Chicago Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Dangle. You can find me on Twitter at Ryan Dangle. Brennan Shagru, you can find him on Twitter at Brennan Shagru. That's S-U-G-R-U-E. You can read him on Bears Wire because he's a freaking assistant editor. So that's awesome. Patrick Sheldon, you can read him on DeWindy City as part of the Fan Sided Network, or you can find him at P underscore Shells. Logan Bradley, you can find him on Twitter at Bear Down Bradley. Now, before we get too far into this episode, uh, Jack Wright is not with us. Unfortunately, uh, his dad passed away earlier today. And uh, Jack, we're going to we're going to say something a little bit at the end of this episode. But we just want to let you know that we are really, really thinking about you um, very, very much so. And uh, condolences and everything goes out to your family right now. So uh, with that being said, we do want to talk Chicago bears, Jack, please make sure you listen to the end of the episode. We got something for you, buddy. Um, There's a lot going on in this episode. We've got a killer guest. We've got a Justin Fields Jersey to give away. And the bears are undefeated in the preseason for the first time since 1994 boys. Where do we start? Print the Mm t-shirts. Print the t-shirts. We top the NFC North, boys. It's a it's a beautiful thing. You know what? I, I will say you, you got to know how to win. I mean, seriously, like, mm-hmm. and the fact that we've seen three games now where the Bears came from behind and then they were able to hold on to leads against the Seahawks and the Browns. I, I think that does show something. So preseason or not, it is always good to get that winning mentality. So you got to feel at least a little bit good, right? Yeah, that's so funny, Brendan, because I thought of that as they're walking off the field with a young team. Again, I know I've preached like this season's about buy-in, getting buy-in from some of these younger players and into the system and just getting that that good feeling of stacking wins, builds momentum. I mean, the way the offense play, we'll get into it, but I thought that was a really nice momentum builder heading into the season. You're right. I'm still mad that I didn't take my own advice and bet on the Bears. Like that was, that was, I, 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 I explained it to myself plus 165 for a team that was saying they were going to play their starters all the first half. I'm oh, dude, I got it. I got him at 185. Oh, wow. Good for you. Good for you. Easy money, man. Betting preseason football profitable. I'm, I'm two and oh, it's, I, I just bet the bears money line the last two games. <laughs> she grew just yeah. driving that knife in a little deeper in a Logan. That's it. Mm, thank <laughs> you. Okay. I, I lost on college football yesterday. Pretty bad. <laughs> Me too. Don't worry. I also lost there. Well, okay. I, I think we should talk a little bit about uh, our first pregame podcast that will be coming up before the San Francisco 49ers game where Logan will be uh, talking a little bit about some fantasy advice as well as some betting advice. Cause Logan, that's what you do for a living. What I do for a living, I guess I now let's, let's, you know, clarify. I don't bet for a living. I create betting <laughs> content for a living. Right. So that does not mean necessarily that I will be like, Hey, you need to bet all these things that I'm suggesting. No guys, we're having fun. We're going to learn some things and uh, yeah, it'll be a good time. Logan's got one of those sites where you have to pay like 20 bucks just to hear one of his picks. Exactly. VIP paywall. And then I go like I win at like a 32% clip and I charge <laughs> everybody $100 a month. Well, hopefully uh, we'll all win a little bit of money this season, Logan, and uh, maybe enough to buy a new home. And folks, if you do, if you are lucky enough to hit the jackpot with Logan's bets and are in the market for buying or selling a house in the Chicagoland area, there's one person and one person only the call. Jeff Cadwallader with App Properties. Jeff is making it happen for his buyers using proven tactics to help his buyers get the contracts. And it's not just about paying the highest price either. Contact Jeff today to learn more or visit GenevaJeff.com. You can call or text him at 630-254-4734. 
you know, Shells and Logan, we're, we're talking about a lot of money if we're winning at gambling, but you know what doesn't cost a ton of money and makes you look really good? Sheridan's Barbershop. Sheridan's Barbershop is located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois, and they've been serving the community for 68 years. They have six barbers. They're open six days a week, Monday through Saturday, and they have appointments available to book online or by phone at your convenience. Visit Sheridan'sBarbershop.com or call 630-668-0137 and book yours today. Sheridan's Barbershop, where traditional meets modern. So we went 3-0 and yesterday, which obviously you know, you can take it with a grain of salt and everything, but uh, it's just the fact of, for me, what the biggest takeaway from that game was, is just the fact that the culture is already showing through. I've preached culture over and over and over again, this whole hit system, which sounds like another kind of buzzy buzzword type thing that Matt Nagy had, but it's showing guys are swarming to the ball um, during, you know, when, when Justin Fields is getting hit, people are coming to pick him up. It's just, small things that that obviously are making a huge difference at this point. And that's the type of thing that's going to be able to hopefully carry you through what could be a long season is, is those small moments. So I know, I, I, I don't know what you guys, what your big takeaways were from yesterday, but mine is just the culture. I think, I think you can really sense that it's different. Mine has to be Luke Getze. Uh, even in the preseason, he's calling he's calling plays that, that are actually working and, and he's setting up a system that seems to actually work. It doesn't seem to be too complicated. Obviously I'm going to stress this when anytime we're talking about any of this, that it is preseason, you know, you don't necessarily know who's across the ball on the other side, but he seems to be pl- calling plays to player strengths, which I honestly cannot think about a time when an offensive coordinator in Chicago has done that. Like I can't. Yeah, I kind of want to build off that, Ryan. I mean, think back to two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago. I can't remember. But it, it, two weeks ago, when it comes to the uh, the Chiefs game, the first preseason game, we didn't see much of offense. We didn't see much of their offense at all. And they kind of played it safe. There wasn't much creativity going on. Then we get to the Seahawks game. They play one series, and I'm talking about the starting offense. We see a little more. We see some screens. We see some rollouts, tight end, uh, deep patterns. And that resulted in three points. Now you see it even more against the Browns where they scored three touchdowns. Things were opened up just to the bejesus. I mean, you're talking about RPOs. You're talking about rollouts left and right. I mean, deep patterns, screens, you name it. And so the caveat being this is preseason, but seeing that the offense continues to build and build and build and Justin Fields is just taking everything he's getting. He's taking everything he's given and making magic out of it. That feels so good. And I love the fact that he had his best game, the final preseason, just having that momentum going into week one, I think is going to be huge. And to do it in Cleveland where everything went wrong last year, I said, I'm like, this is where it started last year for him in his debut, but this is where it changes because he looks like a completely different quarterback, albeit it's preseason, but uh, just the confidence from him and seeing him grasp the offense just made me feel so good inside. Yeah. You guys have hit most of the things I was going to talk about. I I'm, I'm very happy that they played the starters for the first half and, and didn't go nearly three full weeks without meaningful action into game one. Um, but I agree. Momentum we talked about it earlier, a young team building on this is huge for week one, where they're going to go up against a Trey Lance, who has been kind of hit and miss so far in the preseason, according to reports. Um, I just think that this was again, got it. It's a preseason, but you're right. Brennan fields looked completely different. He looks so much more comfortable and at ease and looked like he was playing football as opposed to doing what the coaches wanted him to do. Um, he just looks so much more natural and fluid out there. And I just think, I think we're going to see a different Justin Fields this year. I know I've said that before, but he just keeps building on each subsequent performance under this new offense. And once he really gets comfortable, I mean, guys, this is a brand new offense with a mostly brand new offensive line and mostly brand new receiving core. He's still learning that and, and look what he was able to do uh, last night. So I think once he gets a lot more comfortable, look out. 
Yeah. I, th- I think it's easy to like continue to be like, okay, we know that it's preseason, but when you think of what he did with what he has at his disposal right now, man, once you, once you get into next off season and you spend a little bit of money, you get some receivers in the draft. God, I'm like, yeah, I don't want to just like skip over a full season, but I'm just, I'm really excited for even next year. If that's a sign of things to come. Just because I'm being really good lately at being Debbie Downer, I'm going to be Debbie Downer. The The whole thing is, you know, I, I hope to some extent we have the Luke Getzey problem. Guys, you know what I mean? That that he yeah. might be searching out like a, a promotion somewhere. Um, but it just seems like in this short span of time that they've developed a relationship. And again, it's just something as simple as he's putting Justin Fields and Trevor Simeon. I think Trevor Simeon has been, you know, I don't know if they're getting the same play calls, but it seems like Trevor Simeon is getting play calls where you're like, dang, Trevor Simeon looks really good as he should as a, a, a veteran against really, you know, third and fourth string guys. But I'm just saying it just seems like Getsy knows how to call plays for his quarterback. Trevor Simeon, AKA the best free agent signing of the year, according to you. <laughs> Did I say best or most important? I can't remember. I think, now. yeah, I think initially you said best and I, I might've said like almost important might make more oh, sense, yeah. but no, either way, it made out. me laugh okay, real quickly. I have a, I have a question for you, Dangle, since we went back and forth on this so much last week. Yeah. You were very, very against the starters playing in yesterday's game. Very much. Are you glad that they did? I'm really torn on this. And I mean this sincerely. Uh, And one, it was really nice to see Justin Fields get some confidence uh, again, albeit against a lot of backups in Cleveland, you know, without those, their two premier pass rushers, which made his life a living hell. And, you know, it, it was nice to see that. But the flip side is, you know, TJ Watt going off with a knee injury in, in you know, for the Pittsburgh Steelers and Tyrod Taylor being carted off. Like, we are very fortunate that Justin Fields or any of these other major league starters weren't hurt. And I just, I, I, I would have liked to have seen, you know, a, a breakout game like this against San Francisco. And I understand that that's a, a totally different situation, but um, I almost, I was thinking about this. Remember it was 2017 was Tariq Cohen's rookie year, correct? Yeah. I think I know where you're going with this. And, and in preseason, you're like, oh, this guy could be good. We'll, we'll see. And then that first game, it was like, everything goes to Tariq Cohen. And so I just think, you know, a little bit about that, like, you know, they've put the league on notice just a little bit to show off Justin Fields. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. It would have been nice if it would have been a surprise week one. Um, but I just, I don't see immense benefit from a couple preseason reps. I, you guys were, I saw it in our text thread after that first drive, that first touchdown pass. I was like, okay, I've seen enough. Take him out, keep him safe, <laughs> put him in bubble wrap. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I think, Brendan, you said a point, something along the lines of they're doing things to protect him and keep him safe. Mm-hmm. But but Tyrod Taylor was carted off the field. Like that's the worst feeling in the world. But when was the last time you saw Bears offense do what they did mm-hmm. uh, in recent memory? I mean, it's been forever. I sent out a tweet. It was complete tongue in cheek about uh, they haven't scored that many points or first downs in the entire Nagy era. And, and how many people were like, uh, I don't think that's true. It just shows like that people <laughs> yeah. thought that, that I was serious, how bad things have been under Nagy. I think it was it was huge for their confidence going into week one. Yeah. And, and Dangle, I, I think what you, so you actually went in a different direction than I thought you were. I thought you were going to talk about Cam Meredith getting hurt in the 2017 preseason. But in terms of like showcasing Tariq Cohen, it's different than a quarterback. I mean, you got to give this quarterback more confidence. Yes, you have to showcase him a little bit, but you also want to make sure he's comfortable running the scheme that's going to be put in place. And I mean, we clearly saw that, like I said earlier, everything Luke Getzey has thrown at Justin Fields, he is taking and he is just running or throwing with in this instance. I mean, whether it's that, I think his his last touchdown to Cole Komet specifically showed so much because he's rolling out. He's actually looking to dump the pass off and he's directing traffic to get Cole Komet open in the end zone. And he completely fools the defense, fires it wide open. I mean, that is the special type of player he can be. I mean, it like that was just the chef's kiss to walk it off and show his ability. So I understand what you're saying about you don't want to give away too much, but for a quarterback who hasn't had much to celebrate after his rookie season, I think it's, it's immensely important. 
last thing that I, I promise that I'll say, and I'll, we'll be done with this is just, I was just as happy to watch Justin Fields throw those three touchdowns as anybody else, but I just, I am, I am elated that he wasn't hurt. And if he was, I, I would have been insufferable on this podcast and he's safe. So, you know what, let's, let's move on to it. Folks. I I'm, I am looking at Chicago bears fandom royalty right now. I can't believe it. Greg Braggs, welcome to the bear down Chicago podcast. How are you, man? I really appreciate you guys giving me the time tonight. All right, Greg, it's so great to have you on the podcast, man. I mean, you are, like Ryan said, you're you're kind of Bears Twitter royalty right now. You're host of Brags in the Stands, a really su- successful live stream show. You're moonlighting now as part of the CHGO Bears crew. You're out and about doing all these just awesome shows and appearances at different restaurants, man. Like, I got to ask you, are you starting to get recognized around the streets when you're around <laughs> Chicago? You know, every once in a while, I'll have somebody, especially if I'm like at a Bears game, obviously at training camp, people will say hi. And then every once in a while outside of that, I will get recognized like at a concert once uh, while I had two makers and Cokes in my hand at the Windy City smoke out. <laughs> I'm hammered. I'm like, oh, hey, what's up? You know, shit. And uh, my buddy, Johnny B, who does it with me, he's actually a diehard Chiefs fan. He does these like duck races and shit. He's very popular with Kansas City Chiefs Twitter, but he's been on my show since we started it. He got recognized the other day at the airport at O'Hare. I was like, well, I guess we've made it, you know, but (laughs) no, it's cool. You know, I've been doing this for, you know, like four or five years now and never really could have imagined it turning into what it did. I mean, when I first started doing podcasts, I was like, who the hell is going to want to listen to me? You know, come on now. And uh, it's cool. It's humbling. It's, It's very gratifying to think that, there is people that enjoy what I do and it only motivates me to want to do more. So I'm just, you know, ever since I started this, I was like, you know, I've always wanted to do this. I've been a bricklayer since I got out of high school. I tried to go to college for about a year for communications to be in sports journalism in some degree. And really school was never my thing. And I, uh, I bowed out gracefully. And so the fact that I was kind of able to wait to weasel my way in and do this, uh, it has been a lot of fun and I'm just going to ride the wave as long as it takes me. And then when it's done, I'm going to take my phone and I'm going to throw it in Lake Michigan and you'll never hear from me again. But until then I'll have some fun doing it for sure. Braggs. Uh, I think people, you, you mentioned it, just going to training camp. I think that's kind of what you're most associated with now, which is kind of cool. Like you are like the training camp bears ambassador. So I want to ask you how your training camp experience was this year. And obviously in the past two years, the bears have moved from bourbon a to Hallis hall. So I kind of want to get your opinion on how that whole change uh, has affected you and maybe what your thoughts are on it overall. Yeah. I love training camp. Uh, it broke my heart when they stopped going to bourbon a, Uh, You've seen other teams kind of defect to their home base, and I understand why they did it. The money and the -the state-of-the-art facilities they put at Hallis Hall, I totally understand it. There was something special about Bourbon A that, remember the Titans-type field, get them out in the middle of nowhere in the cornfields and have them come together as, as a team. There was something to be said for that, but I can't argue with them using their own amenities, you know, they'd have to bring semi trucks of all their equipment. They're making these million dollar athletes sleep in dorm room beds at a college. That's not like a very prestigious college, you know, Olivet Nazarene university. It's, it's not like going to, you know, uh, Ohio state, you know what I mean? Like it's not a nice college like in that regard. So I get it. But, um, uh, bourbon, a was like 30 minutes from my house. Whereas Hallis hall is about an hour and, 40 minute hour, 30 minute drive for me. But uh, beyond that, Hallis Hall is great to go to. You know, I'd never seen the campus until last year. And to walk into the campus and see the facilities and the, you know, uh, they got a little mini Walter Payton Hill and you get to go in the Walter Payton Center and and do all those things. It's it's a lot of fun. And, and just training camp in general for me has always been almost more fun than going to the games because of your um, access, how close you are to the, the players, you know, uh, and, and it's like going to a high school event, but it's the, it's the NFL team that you love. It's the bears. And, uh, you know, growing up, just being a autograph hunter and, and things of that nature to have that opportunity to meet some of your favorite players, get their autograph. I used to 
mess with Devin Hester every single year. I mean, those are memories I will carry with me forever. You know, he gave me a signed cleat once and, and things like that. And I, I still have the autograph itch inside of me. It's not like it was, you know, 10 years ago, but uh, it's just cool to have some of those mementos as a fan. I'll always just be a fan. It's hard to splice the media thing with who I am as a fan in my blood. You know, so like Hawk and Justin Fields for an autograph feels awkward now as bad as I want to do it. So, but I got my daughter, she's like four years old, so I can start to pawn her off to make her do my biddings <laughs> coming up soon. She won't listen to me now, but, uh, you know, that's the experience, you know, to have a moment with some of your favorite players, see them play and practice. And then, yeah, just watching the team develop, you know, there's some years where you just feel that vibe, right. And, uh, 2018 was certainly one of those years, uh, you know, when the Lovey Smith era, you could feel the camaraderie that team had. So that's what I look for when I go to the game or go to practices. It's not like uh, I know anything to an X's and O's perspective. Like, like many of you guys, I, I'm not that type of fan. I'm a fan in the stand. So I know just as much as the guy sitting next to me with the beer in his hand, honestly. And so it's a feeling it's a, it's a, you know, it when you see it kind of thing. And, so this year certainly has had a different vibe than the last couple of years, right? You know, last year you could kind of feel the dead man walking with Matt Nagy. It's not like that this year. You feel, you know, a sense of exuberance. These guys are trying to gain the respect of their coach. The coach is trying to gain the respect of his players. And so that's palpable, and, and you're starting to see it on the field and in these preseason games. So that's what's exciting. You know, who knows if what's it going to equal as far as wins and losses? But this is certainly a team that's like, hey, you, you just don't know. And that's better than knowing they're going to suck. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Braggs, it's, uh, it's great to meet you and, and to have you on the show, even though, you know, you didn't tell me you have a, a, a twin brother uh, that is a Chargers fan. Yeah, come like, on now. I tweeted, you, I tweeted you that a while ago. I didn't know. I thought we were a little bit closer <laughs> than that, even though we hadn't met. Um, but I didn't know you had a twin brother who was a Chargers fan. So maybe we can get come to on. that a little bit later. But uh, you know, you've been to a lot of practices this year, obviously. Is there a player, either in a good way or a bad way, that surprised you the most this preseason? You know, I mean, to a smaller extent, Lamar Jackson was certainly battling at camp as a cornerback. But, you know, I guess, um, you know, Valus Jones, when I went to that first camp, we didn't get to see much of him, but I'm really excited for him to get back out there. Cause he was like touted as this gadget player, which I'm sure they're going to use him in that Debo Samuel type role. But the practice I saw him play, they had him running go routes and he was smoking the guys he was playing. I was like, all right, you know, like I'm getting ready to do a couple fantasy drafts this week, one tonight, one on Wednesday. He's going to be one of the late round guys I pick, you know, way, way last couple rounds. Cause nobody's going to take him. He hasn't played, but I just feel like, if anybody on this team is going to be a home run hitter, it's going to be him. And I saw it with my own two eyes at camp. He has that speed. We saw it on that punt return. Haven't necessarily gotten to see it on the offensive side of the ball yet, but uh, you know, it was like, you know, for me is like, wow, you know, and th that's that, you know, when you see it thing, you saw it with Devin Hester, when he first came to camp, you saw it with Tariq Cohen when he first came to camp as a rookie you know, Brandon Marshall, he was a veteran, but when he first came to Bears camp, it was like, holy shit, we've never had a wide receiver do what he does. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what it felt like watching Valus Jones. It was like, damn, they got this dude's got burners, you know? So, you know, I guess that's probably who I would say, even though we, we've only seen him at a limited capacity, I'm, I'm willing to bet he is going to surprise mm -hmm. some people this year, especially since he has had a non-existent preseason. Greg's, I think it's interesting how, you know, there's varying degrees of what people's expectations are going into the season. And I think it's always interesting how that can change based on one preseason game, two, three preseason games. But obviously what we saw yesterday, I think there was a lot of positives to be taken away, specifically from the offense. So did that game at all change your outlook for the season? Yeah. How could it not as a fan, right? We're all trying to temper, you know, I think the people that want to, stay realistic, which is a, a term I've fought with the last few years. Cause you know, I, I, you know, I think realistic is always aligned with pessimism in a lot of ways. And if you're an optimist, you're not a realist. And I've, I've always battled with that 
uh, because I try to be an optimistic person, but Matt Nagy year certainly beat me down, you know, and then going into this year when we, we got Nagy out of here, I was like, all right, I got my wish. Matt's gone. Pace is gone. They're, they're getting rid of Mac. They're getting rid of Robinson getting rid of Hicks. I'm going to keep my expectations low and I'm going to just continue to remind myself of that. And I just kept telling myself that whole, this whole off season, like, cause I'm a hype guy. That's who I am. When I go to camp, I just get excited about everybody. They make one play and I start projecting how they're going to make the pro bowl that year. <laughs> and so I just kept reminding, even through camp, I kept reminding myself, like, just keep your, they got to get the offensive line. They don't even know who's going to be on the line. Then they got to build chemistry. They're learning a new system. You know, it, 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 all that stuff takes time to build chemistry. So I just kept reminding myself, keep your expectations low, keep your expectations low. And if they exceed that, great. And if they don't, well, then we get a, a high pick and a lot of money in the next offseason. But then, no, after a game like last night, you're like, damn, they can beat the 49ers. Let's go, you know. And I, there, I don't think there's anything wrong with feeling that way. Um, you know, I had them, you know, couple weeks ago or a week ago if you'd ask me I have them at seven wins and I'm not gonna come off of that just yet but at the same time that Niners game is pivotal for them to really have a shot because let's say they could beat the Niners you know because I don't know about you guys but the Packers game I'm not picking them to beat them until they beat them right uh if they beat them great but I'm not picking them to beat them but then after that they have the Texans at home the Giants the Vikings, the commanders at home, those are all games they can win. I know that sounds meatballish, but at the same time, like who the hell are those guys? And so if all of a sudden that happens, that's going to change everyone's projections. You know, and that's what happened, honestly. If you go back and look at the 2018 Bears, they had a little run of like six games that were all winnable, and they won like every single one of them. And then all of a sudden by November, we're playing the Rams on a Sunday night game. And it's like the game of the year, you know, and that could happen with this team. I mean, their depth is thin. If they have injuries, it could go a different way real quick. But at the same time, early in the season, they can, you know, find their way into some wins. And all of a sudden it's early November and they're playing for something. And this is a young team that's hungry, new coach. I mean, we saw that in 2018, even with Matt Nagy winning coach of the year. So now this team, if they could find their way into that situation, seven wins may be the bottom, you know, level of what they can do. And maybe they can find a way to eight or nine. I'm not going to go any further than that because then I'm just a complete, I might as well put on my (laughs) meatball costume at this point. But I mean, that's kind of where my headspace is at. I'll be disappointed if this team wins less than seven games. They, They should win seven. And then anything after that is the cherry on top for what is to come for this franchise. Yeah, it is easy. It really is kind of easy to look at that first half of the schedule. And even you talk about 2018, we saw it in 2022, them going like three and oh, and I think like what five and one beating up on some cupcake teams and somehow beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when Brady forgot how to count. I mean, weird things happen. And then you start looking at yourself in late October, early November, and you're like, Hey, we're not, we're, this is way farther than we're supposed to be, but let's take it and run with it. I mean, weird things do happen. So talking about the new regime brags, we have Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus, Luke Getze. After kind of seeing what this team looks like this preseason with the depth and kind of how well they're coached both offensively and overall, which hire do you think has been the most impactful so far this preseason? I would say Luke Getze. I mean, because everything surrounds what Fields is going to be. I appreciate what Eberflus is doing and how he's bringing kind of that Lovey Smith defense back. And you can already see it with the way they run after the ball. But what we saw last night with that uh, offense and how they play to their strengths and rolling them out and, and, and just, um, just something that Nagy didn't understand running the ball balance uh, making adjustments after the first series, you know, Preach. these are all the little things that are going to go a long way for Justin Fields to be a great quarterback. He's not going to be a great quarterback if we have a system and a, a play caller that doesn't know what he's doing. You know, Matt Nagy would have ruined him too. You know, the Mitch days are gone, but he ruined him, you know, and, and I, Mitch is 
you know, certainly responsible for a lot of that, but it would have been the same story for Fields. So Luke Getze comes in here and it just feels like what they're doing makes sense. They two tight end sets, a fullback in the backfield. The last coach didn't come here to run the I formation. We have a fullback out there almost every snap. You know, these are things that make sense for this offense. And you just saw last night, I understand Clowney and Garrett didn't play, but you know, you give Justin Fields a pocket and he can make these throws. So if they can get to that point, you know, I, I just see something with Luke Getze and, and their system and philosophy that makes sense for what the Bears are trying to do. So I would say that's the biggest hire. And if he can duplicate or bring over any kind of the success that he had in Green Bay, now we're, now we're talking. Because, you know, the NFC North at some point is going to be up for grabs for the next team in line. Jordan Love you know, fine, whatever. We'll see what he does. But at this point, I'm not worried about him taking over the North after Rogers is done. And maybe Rogers will be the quarterback for another four years. And it's a moot point, but at the same time, you know, Justin Fields is still young and, you know, Kirk cousins, he ain't taking over the North. Jared Goff ain't taking over the North. It could be Justin Fields division at some point. So having that success with Luke Getze, not too much success because we don't want him to become a head coach. <laughs> That's the other key, but we'll worry about that bridge when we cross it. Um, you know, it could be huge for Justin Fields. And, and so that would, it would have to be Luke Getze is my answer. I think I'm going to ask you the most difficult question you've been asked tonight. You can only riot for one thing. <laughs> Damn it. I can only riot for one thing. What's the end of your sentence? Cause what are you going to, what are you going to riot for? What's it going to be? <laughs> <laughs> might riot for only being able to riot for one thing. I was uh, going to say, it was probably this question. <laughs> it's like, it's like a, getting a genie and asking for more wishes. It doesn't work like that. You, you've got to, you've got to riot for one thing. What's it going to be? Oh man, this is a really good question. Real quickly. While you think for those who don't know, Braggs is pretty much like notorious for wanting to riot over every single thing on Twitter. <laughs> Oh, you know, the, the, I'll just say this while you're also thinking about it. The one that got me was Jeff Joniak. I, I, I can't imagine not having him be the play-by-play guy. If, if for some reason they can't figure out contract situations, like, yeah, if we're not keeping it within the realm of this season, that's certainly rideable offense. If the bears build a stadium and it is not better than the Viking stadium, I will riot. It doesn't have to be better than the Ram stadium, which is the peak, but it has to be better than the Viking stadium, which is a very, very nice stadium, but the Vikings are not as big of a city as us. They're not as big of a franchise as us. And they did a great job building that stadium. And I want it to look like that or better than that. It better cost more. I don't want it looking (laughs) like the Colt stadium with all due respect. That's one of the newer stadiums that I would have a model of. Don't do that. Like that's it, it's fine, but it to me is too plain Jane. I want a little more pizzazz. That Viking Stadium is impressive. I haven't been there in person yet, and I'd like to go. But that's that would be what I write about. Don't sell us short. If you're going to move them to Arlington Heights, I'm fine with that. But don't sell us short. Do it right. You did the renovation wrong in a lot of Bears fans' eyes. Do this right. That would be what I write about. So I haven't been inside the Viking Stadium, but I was around it when I was in Minneapolis earlier this year. That thing looks so flipping cool, and it's so just ginormous. It would, I think from the suburbs, it'd just be like this insane thing in the middle of nowhere. And not Arlington Heights is definitely not in the middle of nowhere, but just how massive that stadium in is, is in Minneapolis, something like that would be hilarious. But so that's your threshold. Do you, is the Las Vegas Raider stadium, Allegiant stadium, is that a higher tier or lower tier than us bank? I mean, they're pretty similar. I think the Raider stadium cost a little bit more. I think the Vikings, I used to have it on my phone. One was like 1.9 billion and one was 1.2. Um, the Raiders stadium is okay. I've seen videos of it on the inside. The outside, it looks like a Roomba. 
Uh, I guess it matches the Raiders, you know, because it also you could say it's like this Death Star sitting out there or whatever. And so I guess it matches them. I did drive past it. I was in Vegas last year uh, for a bachelor party. I will never go back. Uh, But (laughs) (laughs) it's a young man's game out there. I'm not a gambler. Um, But no, I want it to I want to be one of the best stadiums. That's why I hope they sell this team to Jeff Bezos. <laughs> then I know it's going to be the best stadium. <laughs> I just worry that they're going to move this, and the McCaskies and Phillips aren't going to, you know, hit a home run. They better, you know. I don't know why you wouldn't go into all this trouble to move out there. Because honestly, you know, the the mockups. I know everybody hates Mayor Lightfoot. I get it. But at the same time, the mock-ups they put up of what they would do to Soldier Field, yeah, I was like, hey, if you're going to do that, if that's what ends up happening they have to stay because of the red tape in Arlington, they can't get enough donors or whatever, do that in the pictures, and I won't say a word. I know everybody's like, oh, well, where are you going to park? I don't give a shit where you're going to park. I know where I park, so if you don't know where to park, that's your own problem. <laughs> like, I'll be selfish about it. I know where to park. I'll tell you. I'll tell you guys where to park, but or maybe they'll build a parking garage or something. Uh, so you know that's what I mean. Like grass is always greener on the other side, right? And that's why we assume like, hey, there's no way they can't screw that up. Well, that's famous last words. I mean, do we really trust them to build a state of the art stadium that is like everything that we want, along with the this Bears Landia that they want to put with it and the casino or in the sports book and the hotels and all of that. I, I have my reservations. <laughs> yeah, know, Ted, to- Ted Phillips doesn't, and George McCaskey don't seem like home run hitters. They seem like single with reaching second on a throwing error at best. It, it seems like a, a common theme amongst all Chicago sports franchises. If uh, you know, we're talking white Sox because I hate them. <laughs> but that that can be another podcast. I, I will say, Braggs. T- I know. I know we're all concerned about that. At the very least, and we've seen it. House Hall looks really good. Like that whole area, the what they've redone. And I know Ryan Pace had a hand in that as well. But that alone gives me hope that they're going to put the right people in charge to put a world class stadium out there. And it does sound like the reason I asked actually about Allegiant Stadium was it sounds like they are either hiring or they're looking into uh, hiring the architects who designed that stadium to do something in Arlington Heights. So um, hopefully it's different because I'm with you. It's, it's fine, but I'd like something a little bit higher end, but that alone, I think those two things give me a little bit more hope. Absolutely. Greg, we want to say thank you so much for being part of the bear down Chicago podcast. Would you just run through your socials, the things that you're doing right now, just in case any of our listeners that are being introduced to you for the first time, they, they can follow you. Uh, yeah. You know, on my personal account on Twitter is where I do most of my tomfoolery. That's at G Braggs junior Jr. 23. Um, my, my show account is at Braggs and stands, but the show's name is Braggs and the stands. It's on YouTube facebook twitter and twitch and everything and you know we stream when we can you know i i cover all sports on there um mostly bears you know obviously during bear season but i do a lot of other stuff too and we just have fun on there with the guys that i have trey tunes and johnny b and and craig my guy my purdue guy uh, i go off the reservation with my purdue basketball i know i some of my fo- bears following is like what the hell is this guy doing but uh, you know, I'm football, basketball, baseball all day long, but, uh, yeah, bears coverage is going full tilt, full speed ahead. I've been on with CHGO here the last couple weeks and doing some different things, you know, and poking around different places. So yeah, just stay on the lookout for, uh, more fun stuff, more content and everything else. And, uh, yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. You do a great job, you know, uh, you know, Jack, I know he couldn't make it for unfortunate circumstances, but he's, he's, you know, kind of, I'm new to what he does and he's been a great follow and fun to interact with. And, you know, I've known some of you guys, Patrick and Brendan, uh, certainly for a while now on here on these bears, Twitter streets, the mean streets of bears, Twitter, you run those uh, man. Come on. <laughs> we've seen some things. We've seen some we've things. survived it somehow. So, uh, Yeah, appreciate you guys having me. I'd be happy to come on anytime. I apologize again for being late. 
Um, but I will blame that on my daughter this time. Not the drinking. <laughs> I was drinking early. And I quit <laughs> around four. So it wasn't the drinking. But uh, I really appreciate you guys giving me the time tonight. Well, thank you so much, Greg. Thanks, yeah, Greg. Down. Thanks, man. Bear down, appreciate buddy. it, man. Hey, well, that was fun, guys, wasn't it? I know Braggs is, uh, he really is one of the great follows on Bears Twitter. He does uh, lift everybody up with positivity and always, always fun chat with him. Really glad that we got him on. What I always appreciate on anybody who covers the Bears, like just is on Bears Twitter is just realizing who they are. That guy's such a good guy. And he realizes like what he said, he's like, I'm not going to pretend that I'm some guy who's like breaking down film. He's, he's a fan. And I think that's a really, really cool angle to go at it from. And I, I appreciate him a lot for that. I think he's got to be one of the most positive people, him and Heidi have, and they both have ridiculous numbers of followers. have got to be like two of the most positive people. And yeah, just hats off to, to Braggs. Can't, can't say enough good things about him. Gentlemen, uh, Jack is not here with us for this evening. Uh, and he wanted me to share with all of you guys, uh, his predictions. He he's over the 6.5 wins. Um, and instead of, you know, going for 6.5 or however Jack said it, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to go through game by game, all 18 weeks. Well, 17 games. We're going to skip the bye week. Uh, the Bears win in the bye week. We win in the bye week. There we yes. go. That there, There's how it's going to work. We're going to go through each week. We're going to give you just the game. Gentlemen, a win or a loss. You're not picking a score. A win or a loss. And short, brief, to the point. Are the Bears going to win or lose? And why are they going to win or lose? Now, for all of you that are listening right now and you're thinking, are you going to give away that Justin Fields jersey? And the answer is yes, we are after this. All right, gentlemen, week one, 49ers are coming to town. 12 o'clock start for on September 11th. And for this, you know what, gentlemen, let's just make this really, really, really easy. We're going to go Logan, Sheldon, Shagru, and I will finish it up for every single one of these. That's Logan, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Shagru, and Ryan Dangle. I will finish it up, All right? So 49ers, winner or loss, Logan? That's going to be a loss. It's going to take some time for this team to gel. I don't think they'll be ready to beat a contender week one. Bears are going to win week one. Trey Lance is going to struggle out of the gate mightily. I got the Niners beating the Bears because the Bears don't start the season well. So Bears are going to be 0-1, unfortunately. Yeah, I got a Bears loss. I, I agree with you, Sheldon, uh, that Trey Lance is not good, but the rest of that team is really, really good. Week number two, that is September 18th. It is the Bears at the Packers. For some unfortunate reason, it is in prime time, 720 game. What do we got, boys? Greg said it best. I'll predict it once I see it. That's a loss. Loss. I was going to do the Bears voice the whole time, but that's going to get exhausting. Oh, please I have a win. I have a win because wow. I said it in a previous episode, Bears coaches, their first game in Green Bay, they always outperform expectations. It, it shouldn't happen, but I think it's going to happen once again. Shagru, I love you, and you're wrong. It's a Bears loss, and it's a big fat loss <laughs> that's coming you. our way. All right, week three, the Texans are coming to town. The Lovey Smith-led Texans. That'll be on September 25th, a 12 o'clock start. Davis Mills, future Hall of Famer. I don't think that he gets the job done that day. I think that that has to be a Bears win, right? Right? One and two. Yeah, no revenge this time for Lovey Smith. The Texans are going to be one of the worst teams in the league. Bears win that one at home. Bears actually are really good at beating Lovey Smith. It, they're going to go. I think it's going to be three and zero against them. Win. I get the Bears getting their first win against Lovey Smith and the terrible, terrible, terrible Texans. Week four. That is October second. The Chicago Bears head to the New York Giants. I'm going to be interested to watch this game because uh, they got the head coach that I wanted, but I might be changing my tune. Um, I think it's a win. Uh, just there's always a stink on the Giants, and I don't think it's changed too much this year, even with the new head coach. Yeah, that's another win for the Bears. I don't care who they got at center. Daniel Jones, Tyrod Taylor, that team's going to be another one of the worst teams in the league. Bears won that one as well. I was going to make a joke about Kenny Galladay being slow as hell and tied into a win for the Bears, but I can't. Bears win. I also got a Bears win on that one. So right now we've got Sheldon and Shagru at three and one and Logan and Dengel at the Bears with two and two. All right. On October 9th, uh, week five, the Chicago Bears head to the Vikings. Twelve o'clock game. Hmm. Uh, 
I'm going to say a loss. I'm going to go a loss as well. Coming off of two wins uh, against the Vikings at Minnesota, I, I think they take one. They take a loss there. I'm predicting a loss as well. Yeah, Bears get a loss here. Unfortunately, I think uh, Minnesota's just got uh, – they've got Justin Jefferson. October 13th, the Washington Commanders, not the Washington football team, come into town for a Thursday night game. The Bears will be wearing a ridiculous amount of orange for a 7-15 start. Orange. We're wearing the orange. We're winning. Being the Commanders. <laughs> yeah, Commanders are bad. I think Carson Wentz is bad. Uh, yes. Chase Young may not even play that game. If he does, he, he's going to be maybe one of his first games of the season. Uh, I think the Bears win that one on a Thursday night. Win not only because of the orange jerseys, but having a Thursday night game at home, short rest, usually plays in the hands of the home team. Bears always, well, every NFL team wins some games that they shouldn't and lose some that they shouldn't. I think this is a game that they absolutely should win, but they're going to lose because I'm going to the game and I have a ridiculously bad, uh, bad record at Soldier Field, unfortunately. Uh, then we move to yet another primetime game, October 24th, Monday Night Football, Chicago Bears at the Patriots, 7-15 start. I love the idea of that game. I'm still not ready to say that the Bears are going to win in Foxborough. I don't care that 12 isn't there anymore. It's Bill Belichick. Uh, I think that's a loss. Yeah, I've got it as a loss too, but very close only because Belichick's a genius, but their offense is woof, guys. Yeah, actually, if they played this game like early in the season, I think it's a win because they have looked really bad this preseason, but later in October, they figured out Patriots are going to win. Yeah, I think the Patriots get the dub on this one. Um, I, I agree with you. I don't think their offense is really good, but I just don't think this team, the Chicago Bears team, is ready to go just yet. Moving on, week eight, that's October 30th. The Chicago Bears head down to that monstrosity of a stadium in Dallas for a 12 o'clock start. I feel like every year the Bears win one game. They have no business winning, and this just gives me that feel, a little bit of Halloween magic. Let's go with a win. Yeah, I like the Bears offense, but probably not enough to keep up with the Cowboys offense. I think the uh, too many points for the Bears to keep up. Bears take a loss. I'm higher on the Cowboys than I think other people are. And I think even though Mike McCarthy's a stumbling doofus, they're still a decent team and the Bears are going to lose. Bears are going to lose. Moving right along. Uh, November the 6th, Dolphin at Bears. 12 o'clock start. I think Tua beats us. That's an L. There's no way Tua beats us. It's a win. <laughs> okay. All right. See you then. Good debate. <laughs> the The Bears, for some reason, rarely beat the Dolphins. It's only happened, I think, once in the last like 15 years, 20 years even. Bears lose, unfortunately. This is one that I keep throwing up in the air, and I just... I hope that I'm so wrong about this one, but I'm, I, I'm throwing in another L on this one. Bears lose. Moving down the first of two matchups. The, so that is November 13th Lions at bears. That is a 12 o'clock start. Yeah, we're going to beat the lines. We're com, com, continue to just crush the lines. So saying W. I agree with you on this one, Logan. I think they're going to crush the lines in this one. Good. <laughs> The Bears are going to beat the Lions, and Dan Campbell's going to have a speech where he cries. I think the Bears get back on the win streak on this one, and the Bears get a dub. Next week, it is November 20th, Bears at the Chilanta Bearkins. Brendan, that one is just for you. The the actual <laughs> the Falcons, 12 o'clock start, boys. And the Falcons are going to be stinky this year. Um, it's weird to think that I'm lining up three out of four wins uh, for the Bears, but I think a win against Marcus Mariota, who I don't think is very good. Yeah, uh, interesting. You never know who's going to play in these games. It, I actually feel like the Falcons would have a better shot if they roll with Desmond Ritter late in the season. Um, if not, I got the Bears winning this one too. I have the Bears winning in a family reunion of sorts that just gets out of hand. Yeah, I got a uh, Bears getting a dub on this one, and it'll be hopefully fun to watch. The following week, that would be November 27th. The Bears are headed to the Jets, J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 12 o'clock start. 
Is that third straight road game, correct? Um, the field second, whatever. A lot of road games. I just don't trust the Bears, uh, a young team, to to win on the road late in the season, even though the Jets aren't very good. It's a loss. Yeah, I, I watched the Jets-Giants preseason game today. Um, uh, nothing about that instilled any confidence for me in the Jets. Uh, I think the Bears sneak one out here. Yeah, I think the Bears beat the Jets too. They're just as bad as the Giants and feels like they always will be. The Jets are kind of one of the worst franchises in the NFL. And for the Bear fans to be saying that, I think is something. Bears get the dub in this one. So then we head back to, let's see, I'm sorry. The pack heads into town on December 4th for a 12 o'clock start. Hopefully... At that point, we're starting to groove a little bit. These young guys are gelling, but uh, I'm going to mark it as an L. Yeah, I think this ends the four-game win streak. I had the Bears on. I think the Bears taking a loss here to the Packers. I have the Bears beating the Packers once this year. You really think I'm going to pick them to beat them twice? Like I'm not. <laughs> I'm crazy, but I'm not insane. Bears lose. Yeah, unfortunately, this one to me, especially because it's right before a bye week, just screams embarrassing Bears loss to the Green Bay Packers. All right, following week. So that's week 14. That is the bye. Then after that, the Eagles visit the Bears on December 18th for a 12 o'clock start. I don't think I'm alone in the fact that I think that Philly's going to be very, I think they're going to be very good this year. So I think that's a loss. Yeah, I, I, this was a toss up for me, but I do think uh, the Eagles are going to put some things together this year. And I think the Bears lose this one as well. Going to break out the Bears accent because it's Bears weather. Bears take down Jalen Hurts. Bears beat the Eagles on my mama Bears birthday. You know, Philadelphia gets awfully cold in the wintertime, too. Uh, Eagles pound our Bears, unfortunately. Now this one, boys, (laughs) Christmas Eve, week 16, that is Bills at Bears, a 12 o'clock start. Santa Claus is coming to town. So is Josh Allen. Uh, That's that's a loss. That's a loss. Yeah, I it's a loss for me. It's the only question. uh, The only question is by how much this one may get ugly. It's a loss. I mean, Bill's playing cold weather, too, like. Ryan said about the Eagles, they're they're going to beat them. I get a strange feeling that the Bears will start well in this game and then get embarrassed. Like the embarrassment won't happen until, you know, maybe like the third quarter or something along. The Bills lines. are good at that, like giving up big leads or, uh, you know, coming back and just stomping on people. It's it's an entirely possible thing. All right. And then this is crazy. Then on New Year's Day, January 1st, Bears at Lions. 12 o'clock start. That's a win. We're not losing to the Lions this year. This is one of those, Ryan, uh, these games where they absolutely should win and they somehow find a way to lose. They split with the Lions this year. I got the Bears losing this one just for the hell of it. I think I'm with shells. This is one of those, like, you're really hung over games and you're barely paying attention while you're, you know, just lying down, trying to nap, and then you realize the Bears blew it late in the game. Bears lose. I'm the opposite of you guys. I've got the Bears snapping a three-game losing streak by the only team that they really should beat. Well, uh, I have the Bears stomping on the Detroit Lions for a dub. And the last game of the season for the Chicago Bears, that would be January 8th, the Vikings come to town in time to be determined. I could see that being a game where we don't have anything to play for and the Vikings are like playing for a wild card spot or something. So I'm going to go with loss. I got the bears splitting with the Vikings this year. And since they lost in Minnesota, I think they end the season strong with a win against Kirk cousins and the Vikings. I guess it's a win. I don't know. I always feel weird picking the last game of the year because so many weird things can happen, but I think I have them at eight and eight right now. So let's just put them over 500 and get them to nine and eight. Yay. Uh, This is one that it's funny is I feel like if the Vikings were playing for a wild card spot that the bears would win, but I don't think that either team will be playing for that. And so I think the bears take a loss uh, and, and with just 
six games winning. But you know what? Hey, well, it's better than last season. Right, Dangle, so- you are writing with the shortest pencil I've ever seen. Is that the Bukowski <laughs> brand pencil? <laughs> what is I that? Just, I like I like writing with pencils, and I just keep sharpening it until it's until it doesn't work anymore. I know. So, yeah, it is. It is. All right, so boys, just for the record, that has uh, Patrick Sheldon at nine and eight. Logan, you have the Bears at seven and ten. Brendan, you have them at nine and eight, and I have the Bears at six and eleven. Yeah, you know, I I've said is, this sounds like or feels like a seven win team. I've also said I wouldn't be floored if they won nine games. And when you really start breaking down game by game, with the exception of a couple of mini tough stretches, they don't play many you know world beaters here, guys. Uh, could they win nine games? Yeah, I, I think they can. Will they? Uh, probably not, but it is certainly within the realm of possibilities that they win nine games this year. The good news is they play a lot of those tougher teams at home, especially late in the season. And I know we can talk about, we joke about bear weather and everything, but you know, home field advantage is something to be said in the NFL. And I got to say, I'm kind of surprised going through this. I, I had them at about like between six and seven wins. But going through this exercise, I understand the Packers pick early. That is very unpopular. And I'm only going off of what I've seen from other Bears head coaches. They don't seem to be afraid of the boogeyman right off the bat. So I'm really hoping for good things. But Shells, you're right. Like there's a few stretches in there where you can rattle off a lot of wins. And then if you see yourself, like we talked about with Braggs, in a favorable position, Matt Eberflus can have these guys playing with confidence. And who knows? Good things could happen. I think I'm falling perfectly into the the fandom cycle right now, where right now, like I saw that game yesterday and, and all of a sudden, like for a person who's generally lower on the bears than I think, uh, you know, a couple of you guys, I'm now at the point where I'm like, shit, I mean, eight, nine wins, maybe, but like, it's, it's just amazing. We will, we'll know pretty quickly um and and probably be able to predict this season a lot better but um there's going to be a lot of good tests um and it's definitely not the hardest schedule at spots so hopefully we can have some positivity if i see the team that we saw in cleveland i definitely would there's probably Mm -hmm. two or three more that i would happily switch to you know i'm definitely thinking about the 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 washington commanders game i know i i kind of dance back and forth on the dolphins game there's a few in there but the end of the season schedule is just brutal Mm -hmm. and so i mean we'll see you know but every every season we say that and things shake out there's one team on here that was really good last year that's going to be trash this year and a team that wasn't good last year that's somehow going to come out of nowhere that's why the nfl's king you just don't like there's going to be a team who we all think will stink this year or just not be that good and they'll be the Bengals of last year and that's why i love the nfl gentlemen let's give away a justin fields large jersey <laughs> to one of our either newfound or one of our our loyal listeners uh, but but let's give away that Justin Fields large jersey uh, to any one of them. Are, are we ready to do this, boys? Hell yes. Hell yes. It's exciting. All right. So you got to give me one second. We're technology-ing here. All right, boys, you can see that. Yes. Okay. We, we just, we just, so everyone that is listening, there is this really cool wheel. Uh, we will put it on our Instagram video so that all of you can see uh, that this is happening live. Uh, and that we are we are not uh, altering this in any way, so that anyone can get it. Are we ready to do this, boys? Yeah. Can I wait? Wait. I can win, right? You know, Logan. I don't think I put your name in there, or maybe I put it three times. I can't remember. Okay. All right. Okay. Just one more time, Brennan. This is really cool. All right. This so is. here, here we go, boys. You ready to do this? Let's go. Oh, Bert. All right. Oh, Bert, hey, Bert W is the winner of Bert. the Justin Fields large jersey. Away jersey. The thing is really sharp. It's still in the package. It looks fantastic. So congratulations, Bert. There you go, Bert. Enjoy that jersey. Hey, good job, Bert. <laughs> Guys, we had over 50 entries in this. We That's had cool. it open for a week. And just the amount we gained a ton of new followers. The word got out there. And I think for a podcast our size, like having over 50 people enter this is really, really cool. So 
I mean, I, I know I speak for all of us when I just say thank you for all the support for being a part of this and hopefully for our new subscribers, hopefully you're listening and hopefully you're enjoying what you're listening to because there's a lot more coming when the season begins. So Bert, we're going to reach out to you and uh, we'll, we'll send some DMs to make sure we get your address and get that Chicago Bears jersey over to you. We're pretty excited about it. Just keep in mind, this is a large Justin Fields jersey. You don't get to pick your size, but it is really, really sweet and we are excited to get it to you. We talked about this as a podcast and what we're going to do is we're going to combine Jack's question and shout outs into one big thing. Uh, Jack, our very good friend, co-host of this podcast, lost his father earlier today as we are recording. And uh, his dad, who is also named Jack, uh, really inspired our Jack to be a Bears fan. And we, you know, we kind of got thinking and Logan came up with a fantastic idea of, you know, why don't we, we all talk about, you know, the impacts that, that our dads have had on us. And because uh, we know that, that uh, you know, Jack being a Bears fan is one of the things that made this whole thing possible. You know, we wouldn't all be sitting here talking on this Bears podcast if it wasn't for that. So, um, Jack, just so you know, dude, we are all really, really, really thinking about you and we're thinking about your family and we're sending all of our love your way. So for this one, let's go Logan, Sheldon, Shagru, and I'll finish it up. First of all, just thinking of Jack, I cannot imagine what he's going through and uh, just want him to know that I love him. We all love him. But for me, I mean, my dad is the only reason that I'm so into sports. I remember mine mainly centers around the White Sox. I remember him showing this me this book when I was younger with all the players and it was just pictures and stuff. And then I remember when we made the playoffs in 2001 or something and lost to the Mariners in the first round. And I was just inconsolable. I was crying. I never, I thought that's the end of it. That's the franchise. And my dad sat there and, and consoled me and kind of helped me understand there is another season, you know, there's reason for optimism. So um, I love my dad for that. I will cherish every day that I, that I get to have with him. And again, just, just thinking of Jack. Yes. Well said, Logan and same Jack, we really did miss you tonight and uh, you know, wish you and your family, um, you know, during this difficult time, just our condolences and uh, we're here for you, buddy. And, and we really missed you and looking forward to getting you back on the pod soon. Uh, you know, I had a funny story kind of uh, how I avoided um, catastrophe as a fan. My first trip to Cooperstown uh, to the hall of fame. Uh, I wanted to get something to gift shop and we went through my dad said, yeah, okay. It's your first time. You can kind of pick out, you know, anything you want. And I was like, anything. He's like, yeah, anything. And I'm like, oh man. And as a, I think I was five or six at the time, I just picked something that like caught my eye as a five or six year old. And uh, it happened to be a Red Sox jacket. And I said, oh, I want that. And he goes, you can have anything else. And uh, <laughs> I, I ended up picking a Yankees jacket and thank God I did. Uh, and thank God he, he had the foresight to steer me in the right direction. Cause I don't know if I'd be able to handle it uh, if I was a Red Sox fan. So thanks, Dad. Everything you guys have said, we're thinking of you and your family, Jack. I mean, hopefully listening to this is, you know, brings you a little few smiles and hearing Bragg's just, you know, talk about his training camp experiences. But in terms of sports with my with my dad, he always he took me to a lot of games and he basically encouraged me to become a fan of whoever I wanted to. I went to bulls games when Michael Jordan was playing when I was like five or six. I mean, that's so cool. I went to white Sox games. Thank God I didn't become a fan, but he still took me. And of course, Cubs games. But the big one was when I just fell in love with football, when I was like 12 or 13, my dad, uh, through my uncle who has season tickets, uh, we went to a game like every year for, basically like, I don't know, eight years or something straight. And they were always the late like December games when it was just cold as balls outside. And my uncle told me when I was like much older, he's like, you know, your dad really didn't like to go to those cold games. Cause you know, as we get older, we don't want to be out in the cold, but he's like, he did it for you. Cause he knew how much like you loved being there. And that meant a lot because having those times and just experiences as a bears fan was huge. And it got, it helped me get to where I am today because of the love I have for the team and being able to go to games with them. So um, it was definitely special. Just like you guys, very special relationship with my father. And, you know, one of the things pops never had me 
cheering for the bears because I had to, he just had a love for that team. So, so very much, especially Walter Payton. And he encouraged me to, to read never die easy. And uh, I just remember, you know, two favorite memories going to training camps with pops. And then also uh, we went to the Andrew Luck retirement preseason game uh, at the Colts stadium. When Braggs was saying he didn't like the Colts stadium, I was like, oh, actually, I think that's a really cool stadium. And going with my dad, it was just a really great experience. Uh, you know, Jack asked just just really quick that you hug your loved ones tight. And I think, Jack, that that is phenomenal advice. And you definitely have us uh, thinking about you and thinking about your family and, and also thinking about our own relationships with our own father. And so uh, much love to you, buddy. And uh, thank you so much. Now, folks, next week, Patrick Sheldon and I are thrilled about this one. We have a, a quick guest just to talk a little bit about fantasy, but also hopefully to make you laugh. It's Will the Barber, yes, from Sheridan's Barbershop is going to be here. And then the rest of the episode will be Patrick Sheldon and I yelling at each other. We are so thrilled about it. We're going to be answering listener questions exclusively. Sheldon, anything else? There's a 50% chance that the podcast ends next week and uh, we never speak to each other. Um, but no, <laughs> I'm really looking forward to this one. I, I know I've texted you about it. I think this is going to be so much fun and uh, I can't wait to uh, answer some questions with you. The other guys have fantasy football drafts. I'm I'm literally auto-drafting in my one big fantasy football draft just so that I can argue with Patrick Sheldon and I can't <laughs> freaking wait for it. Folks, for all of us at the Bear Down Chicago podcast, congratulations to Bert on winning the large Justin Fields jersey. We are so thrilled for you, and we will make sure to get that out to you. For all of you that are new, please stick around. We've got some really good stuff coming for you this season, and we're really anxious to get it out to you. We know that you can get your Bears content anywhere, and you've chosen to get it with us, and it does not get lost on us. For Jack Wright, Logan Bradley, Patrick Sheldon, and Brendan Chagru, I'm Ryan Dangle, folks. Thank you so much, and as always... Bear down, Chicago.